This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Hog Sports Live. I'm your host, Trey Biddy. Today on the show, we're going to talk about Razorback basketball, good bit. Uh, Arkansas has been struggling a bit here lately. Danny West is going to join us to talk some recruiting, and we're also going to have Keith Grayson at the end of the show to uh, to shoot a little bull. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. Well, another disappointing loss on the road. You know, I always say with road games, and Arkansas losing 77-70 to Mississippi State last night, I always say with road games, you got to give yourself an opportunity to get in the game at the end and have a chance to win. And if you end up 50-50 in SEC road games, that's pretty good. You, you know, you take care of business, business at home, you end up 50-50, that's pretty good. But Arkansas, just down the stretch, they just didn't have a lot of answers in this one. First of all, the free throw shooting discrepancy. Arkansas was 6 of 11, including 0 of 1 in the first half. 0 of 1. So, not only did they not get to the line a lot, Mississippi State was 27 of 31, by the way, 87.1%, and Reggie Perry was 14 of 15. Not only did they not get to the line a lot, they didn't knock them down when they got there. you got to hit the front end of one-and-ones. They were only 6 of 11, 54.5%. That's just not going to get it done on the road for a team that's, that's just you know kind of outmanned, especially from a size standpoint. That's not going to get it done. Four of 20 from three-point range is 20%. That's not going to get it done on the road either. They, you know, they did a lot of the things that they needed to do. They didn't just get dominated on the boards, although it kind of felt like it at times. They didn't get totally dominated. They just they didn't get to the free throw line. And that's, you know, people can say it's the referees, you know, it's the home court, home cooking and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I think there's definitely a component to that. You go into games knowing that, though. You go in you're knowing you're not going to get the whistles. But also, this is a result of Arkansas, you know, not having the hype in a lot of, I mean, a lot of ways. I mean, I, I do think that Perry got some ticky-tacky fouls his way, but ultimately – you know, when you're such a small team, you just you, you're not going to get a lot of rebounds, and I guess you're not going to get a lot of calls. What was Arkansas's points in the paint? Forty-six points in the paint, though. I mean, they were taking it to the basket. Forty-six to twenty-four. So it's disappointing for a couple of reasons. Obviously, it's your second loss in a row. I think probably a little bit of a hangover from that Kentucky game. Isaiah Joe was just one of eight from three-point range and two of 13. Really had a bad night. This was this is one of Joe's worst games in his career at Arkansas. He'll bounce back, but he is like four of 20, I think, in his last two games from three-point range. That's tough. If you don't have Joe going and he's shooting that many threes and he's going four of 20 in two games, that's going to be that's going to be rough for you. I can understand take, getting him taken away you know, and open things up for other players. But if he's shooting 20 shots and only makes four of them, that's a problem. Did not have his best game. He'll bounce back. But, you know, a lot of this is just, you know, you don't have much of an inside presence. You just don't. So, Arkansas returns home against TCU. TCU's not playing bad. Big 12 SEC challenge. 
That's on Saturday at 3 o'clock, sold out again. Should be a great environment. Step out of conference, return home, regroup, get some things figured out. There's nothing you can do about a lack of height, but that's where Arkansas is. They're a scrappy bunch. They just got they got to do better than, you know, winning the turnover battle 7 to 9, shooting 54% from the foul line and only getting there 11 times and 4 of 20 from three-point range. You just got to do better than that if you're going to win. Musselman, what I'm learning about Eric Musselman is he is he does not take losing well. You can tell in his post-game press conferences it it shakes him. It shakes him. You know, I, I like Eric a lot. I think that he's he's going to take Arkansas to the next level. And I think the fans feel that. I think there's real momentum behind this basketball program. you got some really good players coming in next year. And, you know, some players on this team that, you know, maybe need to think twice about going pro just based on what we've seen here lately. Speaking about Isaiah Joe, you know, I think he can develop his game more. Of course, just because you're not completely developed, the NBA will draft you on potential, obviously. But um, – I I, I do think that Arkansas, you know, you get Jones back and Joe back. You know, you can you can really start to build something with this program when you talk about the sit ones that are coming in and, and things like that. Plenty of ways to watch and listen, everybody. I want to thank everybody for making this show so popular. You can watch on Facebook Live. If you haven't thrown us a thumbs up, go ahead and do so now. Same deal on YouTube. Throw us a like if you haven't done so. Follow the page on Facebook and subscribe to the channel on YouTube and hit the notification bell. It's available anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Anywhere you get podcasts, you can find Hog Sports Live right now. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please throw us a five-star review. Say something nice about us. And by the way, I want to say this because there was a there was a negative review on Apple Podcast, and it was about the walk and talk. And I didn't never really thought about this, but he was complaining that there's, you know, there's traffic noise, there's too much outside noise. And this is not, you know, on the video, but on the podcast version where you're just listening. And I was thinking about that. You know, the walk and talk is more of a visual type of thing. You know, you get to see the background, maybe some access to some areas that you don't normally get to see. Should I stop uploading that on the podcast? I like my five-star rating on there, so I don't want to get negative reviews because people don't like the crowd noise. But let me know in the comments what you think on that, uh, if you think I should stop uploading the walk and talk version. But the walk and talk is like the most popular thing I do, I think. I thought, anyway, it just surprised me to see that, that he said, you know, he would give it five stars if it wasn't for the walk and talk. So I don't know. We're going to answer some of your questions today too, so be sure to get your questions in here in a little bit. Not just yet, because they'll roll off the page, and I have no way to recover them. So I'll let you know maybe when to start chiming in with some questions. So basketball team losing two in a row, playing TCU on Saturday, 3 o'clock. We'll get into the recruiting stuff here in just a second. I want to go ahead and bring in Danny West. I told him I'd get to him pretty early. Danny handles most of our recruiting stuff, and this is his busy time right now. So... Does a great job. I know a lot of people probably listen to this for for Danny and his recruiting insight. Paging Danny West. Trey Biddy. How's it going, Danny? It's going. How are y'all? <laughs> We're doing good, man. We're doing good. I was just uh just talking to everybody a little bit about um, basketball, and it's been, you know, obviously a little bit of a disappointing showing. Hey, Danny, first before we jump into recruiting, I know your wife is a big Kansas Jayhawks fan from that area. What do you think about that brawl? That was crazy. 
She said, don't start no stuff, won't be no stuff. <laughs> You're trying to run out the clock, man. You're trying to take the high road. They want to yeah. get cute. You go down and swat them. Now, listen, seriously, I don't think the, I don't think DeSouza should have stood over him like that. That's really what started it, right? But, yeah. hey, they were asking for trouble. Yeah, they were asking Just, for it. <laughs> they were asking for it. Yeah, yeah, well, that was uh, that certainly drew a lot of headlines. i got to say this, Jeff Long right now, I mean, since he's been there, I know they, you know, the look. NCAA investigation stuff isn't on him, but you know, it, it came about under his watch. You know, with with it, it, you know the announcement of the investigation. You know, you had the stripper poles incident at the beginning of the season, and now this fight. It just seems like there's just a lot of things popping up around KU basketball right now. That um, you know is historically a very obviously well-regarded program with, uh, sure, you know, it's viewed as a. I guess generally a high class program overall. Twelve game suspension for I may have gone too far on that last part. Do what? Twelve Twelve game suspension. Yeah. How what does that put? Is that conference is that the rest of the conference? I would say that's through the rest of the regular season, I think. Oh. So so he gets to play back he gets to come back when it's uh when a conference tournament and NCAA yeah. tournament starts. Okay. Yeah, that'll show them. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> it's like when football coaches are like, we're going to suspend you. We're going to pick a game in the season to suspend you, though. You know, like if you got a tough game early on. So, Danny, we'll jump into recruiting here. People don't want to hear your expertise on basketball. Sorry. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> they want to hear the recruiting stuff. Arkansas got a lot of commitment. I was looking at it, man. Danny, they're at 17 commitments already. Suddenly, at 17 commitments. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, we're kind of waiting to see what Ebony Jackson is going to do. Yeah. You know, the running back out of Georgia, he tweeted out earlier in the week. He just tweeted today's date. I think that would imply that a decision may be coming soon. So, And if so, you know, he's committed to Maryland, but mm-hmm. – still like Arkansas's chances coming off of that visit. You think about Maryland already having two running backs in their class. Uh, yeah, that adds up. Yeah, so they got a couple of, of commitment or a few commitments over the weekend, I guess. And then we haven't really talked about um, – we haven't talked about Felipe Franks. But Felipe – you know, I, I don't know if I told you the story. I think I did, Danny, but my wife and her friends were at the graduate this weekend, which is a, the hotel in Fayetteville. It used to be the chancellor. Uh, but they were at the graduate this weekend, and, you know, they just started talking with this fella. Um, um, and he was kind of like, is everybody in Arkansas talk as country as y'all? But it ended up being Don <laughs> Franks, who's Felipe's dad. And they talked to – he was waiting for Felipe, and they talked to Felipe for a while. But anyway, they ended up hanging out and just kind of chatting with him. None of them follow recruiting, and one of them's you know an Ole Miss fan. But um, I thought that was pretty funny, especially in Pete's article when he talked about how genuine the uh, and nice the people in Arkansas were, and uh, they circled that quote and sent it to me to make sure I knew how genuine and nice oh, they awesome. were. But anyway, they they hung out with Don Franks and Felipe a little bit too. But I think they they kind of got a good idea that he was uh, he was headed to Arkansas. I doubt they knew that uh, they were friends with. Uh, Somebody who covers Razorback sports. Yeah, probably not. They, they probably would walk away on that one. <laughs> yeah, might have, might have. But uh, you know, he's a nice addition, and you know, I think it, I think it's interesting with people's takes on Felipe. Like, you know, he wasn't that great at Florida. He was a starter at Florida, and they had did have success under him, and they were having a lot of success um, his senior year before he dislocated his ankle. And I haven't even checked on the recovery time for that dislocated ankle. If he'll be ready for the spring, I would assume he would be. But um, people talk about like. You know, ah, you know, he's not that good. We don't need him or something like that. You know, 
He's pretty good, first of all. You know, he's he, he's not like a Heisman Trophy winner that lost his starting job, obviously, but he's an upgrade for Arkansas in the quarterback room. You know, Arkansas, you know, we're acting like Arkansas wasn't a two-win team last year. They've upgraded, and that's all you can ask for is to get better than you were before, and they just upgraded the room, the quarterback room. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and you know, what I've told people all week is, well, what else were you going to go out and find right. at this point, right? I mean, Jamie Newman's not coming here. He's going mm-hmm. to Georgia. You know, the King kid, I'm not sure he was really a priority on this end. Yeah. He goes to Miami. I mean, what else are you supposed to do? And you absolutely have to do something. you got to find somebody. So probably the best uh, player available. And, you know, I'm with you. I don't know that he's going to come in and be – top three or four quarterback in this conference. But at the same time, even if he's the eighth best, Mm -hmm. that's a drastic improvement from where you've been over the last few years here. So you'll take it. I'll tell you another thing that you hear, Danny, is, um, you know, that uh, haven't we learned – this is another one I saw from somebody. Haven't we learned our lesson? Um, Oh, did Ebony Jackson – Ebony Jackson just committed. (laughs) (laughs) You got me. Yeah, it came across my notification. So, Arkansas just got a commitment from Ebony Jackson. Uh, Danny, real quick, I'll let you go so you can get on this. I know you have to. But, um, well, I I should probably just let you go, to be honest with you. If you want to come back maybe at the end of the show, would that be good? Just hit hit publish on the story. Go check out the uh, Ebony Jackson commitment. We can talk about it real quick. Okay, go for Uh, it. You know, this is a guy that's – has dealt with some injuries. He had a, a really severe uh, season-ending type injury to mm-hmm. his uh, knee last year. So, you know, maybe it'll work out for Arkansas, and, and they've really got something here. But interesting to me that they would take two running backs. Uh, you know, you've got a veteran room there, so we'll see what he's about. He did tell me he's fully recovered from that injury, so uh, mm-hmm. nice addition there. Nice addition. All right, Danny, appreciate you. We might holler right, at you in a minute if we got some more questions. Okay, right. later. All right, that's Danny West. Sorry we had to drop Danny early, but uh, duty calls, and uh, he's got to get that blasted out for everybody to see. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. So break a little breaking news on Hog Sports Live. I don't know. It's been a while since we've had breaking news like that. But Ebony Jackson, he's a good looking running back. He just blew he blew out his knee. He had a bad knee injury, you know, and I think a lot of teams dropped off of him, but he had a really big time offer list. This is a guy that ran a 10-5 in the hundred meter dash. So they needed running backs, and that's another one right there. So they've got two running backs in the class. Dominique uh, Johnson may end up playing. Is it Johnson or Jackson? I think it's Jackson. Um, he may end up playing uh, a different position. 
he could play linebacker. I mean, I'm not saying he will, but I mean he could end up playing linebacker if they needed him to. So, but uh, Ebony Jackson committed to Arkansas. So Arkansas has got a big visit weekend coming up this weekend as well. Friday, January 24th, Dominic Johnson. Dominic Johnson, not Jackson. The other running back who's committed to Arkansas, signed with Arkansas already, be coming in and bringing his uh, bringing, it, bringing his family, I guess, for his first official visit to Arkansas. Art Green out of Hutchinson Community College, a four-star cornerback. Malik Hornsby. Now, Arkansas needs to get a prep quarterback in this class also. They've got to get a prep quarterback in addition to getting Felipe Franks. That'll put them at five quarterbacks right now. So that's a good number that you want to be at. Right now, that's another thing with Felipe. Three quarterbacks is not enough. And especially, you know, I don't know that Jack Lindsay or John Stephen Jones is the guy that you are going to rely on to lead you to a bowl game this year, you know. But Felipe Franks, maybe we're talking. K.J. Jefferson, maybe we're talking. K.J.'s got some, you know, he's got some improvement to do. I think he made a lot of improvement, but like we saw some things like field awareness and, um, you know, he reworked his throwing mechanics and every once in a while one will just sail on him. So more repetition with that should make him a better player. But Malik Hornsby, uh, obviously a four-star prospect, the number 225 overall prospect in the entire country. Uh, looked like Baylor and Arkansas. And Baylor's still in. He's still going to visit Baylor on January 31st after he visits Arkansas. But, you know, you got to think that losing Matt Rule, you know, would play some some type of impact with that. Um, he's a guy that would really seem to fit into to Kendall Browse's system. Dual-threat quarterback. Nice and fast. What's his 40 time? He's got a 4-7 laser time in the 40, which is moving pretty good when you consider it's a laser time for a quarterback. Also, they're going to have C.J. Dixon in. So, you would think that one of those two guys, C.J. Dixon or Malik Hornsby. Dixon's 6'5", 210, out of Loganville, Georgia, Grayson High School. He's got some options, too. He's got some options. This is his first official visit, though, January 24th. So, that's another one to keep an eye on. You would think that they were going to bring in one of those guys, for sure. You also got Brandon Frazier. Danny and I both, I think, have Brandon Frazier crystal balled to Auburn. But you never know. I mean, he was committed here for a long time. Obviously, the head coach isn't here anymore that recruited him and His position coach and Barry Lunny Jr. isn't here. That's why you'd think maybe Auburn has a better shot. But, you know, Arkansas is a lot closer to McKinney, Texas, than, than Auburn is. This weekend, so you've got – we mentioned Dominic Johnson. We mentioned Art Green. We mentioned Malik Hornsby. Robert Scott out of Conway, Arkansas. Committed to Ole Miss. He's got a lot of prediction, crystal ball predictions, heading him to heading him to uh, Florida State. JT Towers out of Joe T. Robinson in Little Rock. A guy with a lot of potential, had 171 tackles, 6'4", 210-pound linebacker. Javon Baker, wide receiver, who's committed to Alabama, four-star prospect out of Powder Springs, Georgia. They're getting a lot of Georgia kids in here. C.J. Dixon who I just mentioned, the quarterback, and then Brandon Frazier. And that rounds out the list of visitors this weekend. And then they'll have one more visit weekend. They got – right now they have four players come, scheduled to come in that last weekend. And probably add a few more here and there. But they're at 17. I don't think this is a group that you would consider are going to um, – I don't think this is a group that you would say, like, they're going to fill up this class with 25. They'd actually have to have some more attrition in the terms of the players that are on scholarship right now uh, to fill up a full 25. And that'll happen definitely after the spring. They'll have they'll lose some more players after that when some players feel like they don't fit in or they're not jiving. It just happens with every coaching staff. So that's just, that's just part of it. 
All right, everybody. You can go ahead and start getting your questions in. We'll jump into those a little bit earlier since Danny had to leave us early. Alan Hurst says podcast is fine. Daryl Henry says no, continue to do the walk talk. I'll continue to do the walk and talk, but I was just asking, you know, is it does it play poorly on podcast if you're just listening? Jared Eubanks says keep listen, keep uploading. Walk and talk is great, says Alan Hurst. All right, appreciate you. Looks like we've got a consensus pretty much. It could have just been an outlier, but I, I'm a I'm a I like to I like to try to please people. I like to try to find out what people the kind of stuff that people want, the content people want. I'm not saying like I would like placate things to what people want, but um, I think people like the way we structure this. Uh, you know, I do like a rough outline of every show, um, but I never rehearse what we're going to say on here. I just kind of try to keep it off the cuff. So what do I think about Franks coming in? I think I answered that pretty good, Bobby Bucks. And, I mean, I think it's an upgrade. They've upgraded the room. Is he going to win the Heisman at Arkansas? Probably not. <laughs> but is he going to be an upgrade at quarterback? And also provide competition. That's another thing I've heard some fans say. You know, they think that it could cause division in the locker room between K.J. Jefferson and Franks. I mean, every court, every every notable program has quality quarterbacks, has guys pushing them. Everybody does. And so – KJ hasn't won a starting job yet. He isn't. He's not the starting quarterback at Arkansas. You know, I mean, so it's not like he was the starter and this guy's going to come and take his position and everybody's going to be in an uproar over it. And I don't think it's anything like that. Does Muss have a history of playing only seven players? He did some at Nevada, from what I understand. Now. Virginia did that also. Somebody brought that up on the Razor's Edge Premium Forum. And, again, guys, if you haven't signed up for hogsports.com, it's a great time to sign up. You can sign up today for a dollar. We're changing the deal. We're going to offer a different kind of deal tomorrow. We're going to offer a different kind of deal, a special tomorrow. So if you want to sign up for the dollar offer, today's the day to sign up for $1 at hawgsports.com. Follow all this big recruiting stuff. Spring football just around the corner. Danny had a list of 10 offers that just went out to 21 and 22 prospects also. So all that kind of stuff uh, you can follow at hogsports.com right now for just $1. It's a heck of a deal. Just a dollar. And then tomorrow we're changing the deal. We're gonna. It's going to be a, an offer for uh, people who want to sign up for an annual subscription. I'll just, I'll just hint you that it's a, it's a large percentage off. Let's see. Alan Hurst says, will we get Broderick Jones? I would say to that, don't get your hopes up. Treat it as a surprise if you do get him. Kind of like Texas A&M must have viewed the commitment of Jackson Robinson, number 34 overall prospect in the country, shooting guard who was coming to Arkansas time after time, (laughs) paying his own way. Everything pointed to Arkansas, and then it just turned. He committed to Texas A&M. So I would say Texas A&M, they viewed that as a big surprise out of nowhere kind of deal. So I would say view that with Broderick Jones if he can miss to Arkansas. For those who don't know, Broderick Jones out of Lithonia, Georgia, big 6'5", 298-pound offensive tackle who is a five-star prospect, the number 19 overall recruit in the country, who committed to Georgia and Sam Pittman when he was there visiting Illinois this weekend. Um, so – and then Auburn, I think, is his last visit. Already visited Georgia. So it's a long shot. To get a kid all the way from Georgia that's that highly recruited, 
who's already committed to Georgia, I think is, is a tough deal. Now, I want to say this also. Danny's got uh, a breakdown coming out of the recruiting territories for Arkansas. It's different. It's different than what, than what Chad Morris did. Um, a little more outstretched. But if you want to look at all that stuff, it's at hawgsports.com coming out here shortly. Also, we just released the Big Red Board, which has breakdown of Arkansas's recruits and where Danny thinks Arkansas stands with them. Jared Ubeck says, when do we start spring ball? I would imagine in the middle of March. So I would say the middle of March. Pittman told me that he wants to start as late as possible. So middle of March is what you're probably looking at, which is in stark contrast to, to what Chad Morse did. Chad Morse started before everybody. I mean, we'd be late February starting spring ball under Morris. So I would think probably the 16th-ish, something like that. Larry Vineyard says, two-win team with the worst coach in history. Yes. it was the Chad Morris was the worst coach Arkansas has had in 126 years. I answered that. What star rating is Ebony Jackson? Ebony is – he is an 88 overall on the composite. So, he's number 443-ranked player in the country and is a three-star. So, he is a high-end three-star recruit. Was committed to Maryland, now committed to Arkansas. Also had early offers from Tennessee, Alabama, Ole Miss, several others. I think this is just this case of a guy that um, blew out his knee. You know, and that and that happens. When you're not committed to anybody, you're not committed to a school and you blow your knee out, then a lot of times teams will back off. Doesn't mean he can't come back and be a good off, a, a good running back, and and you know maybe the kind of guy that Arkansas you know is just kind of has to target in this in a situation like this. Joe Coe says, "What does the O line look like? The O line looks small still. I mean, we were talking about this on drive time the other day, but I mean, you figure Myron Cunningham who goes about 270, 275 pounds, you know, a lighter offensive lineman. They, they're in the middle of an eight-week training cycle right now, so you'd obviously like to get some more weight on him. Pittman's not going to be okay with an offensive line that averages under 300 pounds like they did last year. It's just not. Um, so you've got – you're going to have him probably at one tackle, and I think Noah Gatlin at the other tackle, and then probably Dalton Wagner will be a swing guy moving back and forth. So those two guys at the tackle spots. Then you're going to have Ricky Stromberg at one spot, and maybe Luke Jones at the other. Maybe that would be a good guy to have the other. And then um, I'm spacing Ty Clary. Uh, Ty Clary at center. The thing, and, and they need to get Clary bigger. They need to get Stromberg bigger. I mean, a lot of guys need to get bigger on this offensive line. And there may be some other guys that compete. Shane Clennon, you know, who kind of fell off last year. Kirby Adcock. Uh, they've got to get the snaps back quicker. I, I, that was a huge problem, I thought. For, you know, for a team that wants to get the ball out quickly and, you know, you, You've got these snaps kind of lobbing back, and I, I just I just never understood the the strategy with the snaps. Just, just get it back there quicker. Clary would be a lot better center, I think, if he'd get the ball back quicker and probably draw the ire of Racerback fans a little less. Aaron Anderson says, I know they were talking about the five-star line recruiting. Anyway, we just talked about that. I'd take a one-two punch of Franks and Jefferson over anyone other combo in our quarterback room. Bryles will coach these guys up, says Dollar DP. Grant Toynton says, who do you think we'll, we will get as a recruited tight end? I think Alan Horst is a good 
candidate there. Uh, I think that you start talking about exploring the grad transfer market this offseason. Also, maybe a late, late JUCO if there's something like that out there. But you need to get two tight ends in this class. So, Alan Horace seems like the most likely candidate. Maybe they can swing Brandon Frazier a little bit, but it certainly feels like the tide is turning to Auburn on Frazier. But if they could get those two guys in, that would be great. But they're low. I mean, they got, what, Blake Kern and Hudson Henry at tight end. That's low, low numbers there. For a position group that has been really – I mean, they've had a ton of tight ends over the last eight years. They've always had a ton of tight ends, and now they suddenly don't. Joe Coe says, won't matter how good a quarterback is if we can't protect him. It's a great point. I always point to this thing with, uh, oh, the Ohio State quarterback, Justin Fields, and they're breaking down his passing, and they're like, he's his he goes to his first progression, his second, his third, his fourth, and fifth. Look at the maturity he shows in the pocket, and he's just, you know, he's got all day to throw. I mean, just kind of just standing there looking around. Got all day long. Anybody's going to look good like that. Hey, Trey, what's a realistic win total for Pittman next year? I kind of said five would be a ceiling maybe. I don't know what the bottom is. I don't think the bottom is two. I mean, if we can talk about, you know, this roster and stuff. And I've said before, they have an excuse to have been a bad team last year, but a disaster, no. No. The talent on the roster doesn't represent a two-win team. Coaching. Coaching played a huge factor in that, or lack thereof. This team never got behind Chad Morris. Never felt a connection with him. I think what you saw a lot of him with – the way he talked to the media, just bouncing around every question, which was very frustrating. I mean, he certainly didn't earn any friends in the media. But I kind of get the impression that a lot of the players felt like that was the conversation too. Just bouncing around everything and a lot of time for no good reason. One of the things I like about Eric Musselman, you know, and it's not just me. I want I want Razorback fans to have a story. I want them to – get to know the coach and the players and feel a sense of connection versus just coach speak and BS, line after line. And I don't think that Morris ever understood that, understood that he's who he's talking to. Again, you're not talking to me. You're talking to whoever's on the other end of this camera, whoever's on, you know, whoever's reading the article. That's who you're talking to. When you get Danny or Pete on a walk and talk, says Steve Henderson. We could talk about that. Robert James Hurst says, walk and talk is my favorite thing because I feel like you're getting raw, immediate reaction for you. That's that's what I really want to bring. What I want to bring with the walk and talks is, you know, a really great backdrop, and that doesn't always happen, but usually I want to get a really great scenery backdrop type of thing and just a raw very soon after the game, after I've kind of collected my thoughts, um, raw, unscripted discussion, just kind of getting things off my chest, what I think about stuff. That's what the walk and talk is supposed to be. And I think that adds a little bit to it, you know, like first couple of, you know, when you're walking around with a selfie stick in front of your face and you're not paying attention, you know, a couple of times I get turned around on which level I'm supposed to be on, you know, coming out of, coming out of uh, Razorback Stadium or, you know, the other day, a car was just like coming at the crosswalk, super hot, and almost hit me. <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. I mean, I think it adds to it, you know, just kind of the the realism of it. Because I, I really want it to be like me and you are 
leaving the stadium, walking back to the car, just kind of talking about the game. I guess, but I do all the talking. That's kind of what I want that interaction to be with the walk and talk. Brandon Holly says, will Jalen Williams be our inside force next season? Will Coach Must ever ten guy ten or guys in a I think you left off the word there, Brandon, but I'm thinking you mean like will he ever play ten guys or more in a season? I mean, it seems to be like nine is the recipe. Unless like again, Virginia, they only played seven really last year, all of last season, but they play a much slower style. But I mean, I think if you can get up to playing like nine guys, but that's not what he did at Nevada necessarily. Just need to get better players and bigger players. Bigger and better players. You got to have some more presence down low. Terry Roy says, this staff won't overlook talent like the last one did. KJ will start, says Terry. Jason Sheridan says, no, don't stop walking talks. All right, I think it's about time to move into uh, Keith Grayson. See what Keith's got to say. And I think it's been a little bit since we've had Keith on. Hey Keith, tell us everything you know about Razorback Athletics. Um, well, it's been a depressing story, but I feel like we're on the come up a little bit. On the come up and everything. Well, I mean, in basketball, yeah, I think so. You think? You think? What do you think? I don't know. Has this like historically what gets to the tournament in the SEC? But you think like nine and nine is kind of the goal? Oh, in the conference, I think they, I think they probably need to have a winning record. I mean, I think you can definitely play yourself out of of getting to the tournament, but I don't know. I think a, a winning record should should do it. A winning record probably gets you to what twenty one wins in the SEC total overall, and then you head into the SEC tournament. I think that would make you feel safe about your spot. But they've had a little bit of a hiccup here. It's a tough stretch, and they just lost two games in a row. Isaiah Joe's not playing very well. Mason isn't playing that well either. I mean, a lot of like a lot of stuff is missing kind of in the middle of games with both those guys. Even with Joe in the Kentucky game, he scored 13 points, but he hit two early threes. And then there's just this huge gap, you know, where he's playing a lot of minutes and not scoring at all. And, you know, hit a, hit some points there at the end. Jimmy Witt didn't have a great game in that last one either, obviously putting a big guy on him. But, well, I mean, the Kentucky game. But the last game, Jimmy Witt played pretty well. But you got to have more than that. I mean, you just don't – I think we're just – if you don't have Joe going and you don't have Mason Jones going – what do you really have? I mean, every once in a while, Adrio will, you know, do some good stuff for you. Um, Adrio. I keep I keep saying Adrio just because that's my Danny West homage thing. Then I kind of got stuck on it, but it's Adrio. I know. I know it's Adrio. But, uh, you know, but, like, what's your, what's, your, what's your offense coming from if Joe and Jones aren't going? You know, the occasional point from Adrio. Uh, Jalen Harris knocking down the occasional three maybe. You know, it's just you just don't have a lot going. So. They still scored seventy last night, which I mean, I, I guess that's a decent showing. At, you know, on the road, it's tough to win on the I, road. It's tough. Watching that first half, I didn't think they were going to get to seventy, but yeah, by any stretch. But you know, do you think our fans will uh, still be on the must bus if we if they miss the tournament? Because I, I don't think before the season started, nobody thought this right. was a tournament team. Right. There's no question, Keith, that fans are overall behind Musselman. And I don't think it's a situation where, like, he's being outcoached and stuff. I don't think that's the issue here. The issue is just a dramatic lack of size. And then when you don't shoot well, you know, and you don't force a lot of turnovers, 
I mean, the turnover battle was only 7-9 last year, uh, last game, and Arkansas leads the SEC in that margin. So it was only, you know, plus two for Arkansas. That's not good enough. I just, when I just don't want to set everybody up for disappointment later on if they if they miss because you got to be able to see the forest through the trees on this one because mm-hmm. obviously we have uh, one of the best coaches in the country in, in Musselman. If he can start, you know, the Jackson uh, kid, was it Jackson Robinson? You talking about you talking about what's that kid's name? Jackson Robinson, to, Texas A&M, out of Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, just came out of nowhere, and yeah, we got Reggie Perry on that one probably. So, uh, <laughs> man, that came out of left field. But everybody's got yeah. he's gonna get the players. That's he's gonna get. He hasn't even had. A, I had a buddy texting me that lives in Atlanta. He's kind of removed it. He's not on any of the boards or anything. But he's just like, you know, griping about the game kind of last night. I'm like, you do realize like. We don't have. This is just mm-hmm. a microcosm of what this thing's going to look like. This is this is just getting started. The Jackson you know, Robinson so. thing, Keith, felt a little bit like Lakia Henry going to Ole Miss, a linebacker who was like coming up here looking for apartments the weekend before he committed. Like paid his own way, left Texas, drove to Arkansas, paid his own way after had already taken a visit and was looking for apartments, and then commits to Ole Miss on signing day, or flips to Ole Miss, I guess. I don't know if he ever committed to Arkansas or not, but everything was like, this guy's coming. Um, so, kind of felt that way with Jackson Robinson. Well, They've got some help coming in, Fortunately though. for us, yeah, fortunately for the basketball team, um, shooting guards and combo guards aren't in uh, dire need like mm-hmm. like they are with linebackers in football. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit different because – that's they're kind of a dime a dozen. Yeah. Uh, well, you've got you've got four top 100 players coming in next year who are all committed to Arkansas. Um, Moses Moody, six five, add some size, you know, out of the guard spot. Jalen Williams is going to be a nice addition at six nine two thirty, number seven. So Moses Moody, number forty five overall player in the country. Jalen Williams is the number seventy overall player, and then KK Robinson, point guard, six foot one seventy five. Number seventy-four overall player in the country. That'll be neat. I mean, you lose Jimmy Witt this year. Who's Jimmy Witt's been about a ple- as pleasant a surprise as anybody? Because I remember when he left Arkansas, I was just thinking, eh, you know, guy can't shoot. All right, you know, they can go get another one. But Jimmy Witt's been a nice addition. He's kind of kind of a quirky player with you know kind of weird shooting mechanics from free throw and you know with his mid-range jumper and the fact that he has a mid-range jumper and really not much else other than a layup or a dunk. Um, you know, he's kind of been a quirky player. But they got to replace him next year. And then, of course, you got Devontae Davis, who also can play point guard for you, 6'4", 175, another four-star, number 100 overall player in the country. So, uh, And then in addition to getting Connor Vanover, you know, you, you're going to add some height next year. So it should well, be a and, much better and show. The thing is, this happens every time somebody talks starts talking about next year. Nobody mentions Note. He, that kid can score. Yeah, that's, no that's, the, that's the re- replacement right there mm-hmm. the, for that little mid-range jumper and stuff. And so, and uh, I think he can dial it up for three, too. He's yeah. a scorer. So, he's, yeah. he's the one that's going to get slept on where everybody's going to be like, where did this team come from? Yeah. And then moving way forward, I mean, 2021, you've got Duncan Powell committed already, who is also a four-star prospect in the class of 2021. 6'8", 200-pounder, power forward. So, Size is on so the way. Are, hey, it's going to take some time. I know, I know we got basketball in the brain, but are you okay, man? I heard you got fired from your radio show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. no. Uh, what yeah. happened? Well, how do you get fired from 103.7? Because that's, that's like, impossible. You, like, sucker punch an old lady or something right. on video? So now you have me getting, first of all, getting fired, now punching someone, an old lady. <laughs> that's what people are going to think. No, I, I, that's what I heard on Twitter. 
no, it was my, I mean, it was, it was my idea. I mean, we, um, so for those who don't know, Pete Royer is going to take over uh, my spot on the Hog Hustle, who's been with us at hogsports.com. You can read all the stuff at hawgsports.com. But he's going to be taking my spot on the Hog Hustle, which is the show we do on 103.7 The Buzz every Tuesday, uh, unless there's a basketball game or something interrupting it. I just, you know, I, I got to the point, Keith, where, like, my plate is just kind of spilling over. You know, we try we do a couple of these, and we I didn't really start – we started doing the Hog Hustle before – I knew that 24-7 wanted us to start doing our own podcast on the 24-7 network, you know, and and, and with this Facebook live show, I, I, you know, we try to do two a week on this, plus I do drive time sports on 103.7, 5 o'clock every weekday. Um, and the site is just more than doubled in size, which, you know, it's a lot more responsibility, you know, as, as the publisher. So site's growing. Say, like from my, my feedback from the, from the message board and everything, it was kind of, you know, when you guys first took it over, there wasn't a whole lot of traffic from the, uh, you guys were putting out the content, but the mm-hmm. text, you know, message boards are driven by users. Right. And so now that, you know, I'm on other boards and it has surpassed the amount of activity. Now it's like almost double what you see on other message boards. And yeah. so I, I definitely think that I enjoy being on there more because I definitely voiced my opinion of it in the beginning. Yeah. You know, I'm not shy about it. So it yeah. doesn't suck anymore. That's it also, it. yeah, I mean, it also doubles the amount of, you know, you know, users with questions, you know, like DMs and stuff or customer service kind of questions and stuff like that that I deal with. So everything's just kind of uptick, which we're grateful for. I mean, bring them on. <laughs> but uh, I'll say another yeah, big addition, another big addition was just the message board overall, the upgrade. I mean, that was something that we waited a good year for and was really, you know, when we moved from Rivals to 24-7, that was really the main thing that I heard from people. You know, most people were just like, you know, hey, we, we love what you guys do. We want to follow you here. The message board, though. But, I mean, it's been completely overhauled. I don't think there's a better message board for any type of subject across the world than what we have right now. Uh, the dark mode feature is great. Today, by the way, Keith, I don't know if you know, but we added, um, we're still adding stuff, but we added follow user today. So you can, you know, get notified whenever your favorite posters make a post and stuff. So that's been a big addition that we've also added. But I think that's big, you know, one big reason a lot of people were just kind of waiting to see, you know, for this message board to get upgraded. And it has been, and it's it's really gone another level too. Appreciate you saying that. After yeah, you accused me of hitting an old like lady. Your eyes, your eyes <laughs> just glazed over on this last five minutes. I get Trey on the pitch sometime where he just kind of is like, oh, yeah, thanks yeah. for bringing it up. And then – He's, he's out the gate. You know, I don't, I don't think, you know, it's interesting though. You, you bring that up. Um, it's, it's amazing to me how many, you know, I get complaints from people in the comments sometimes oh, about, you have to, uh, you have to say subscribe to the YouTube channel because yeah. it, it, people do it. Like it's a, it's a necessary evil. When, when you're you have like, there's not a YouTube channel out there where people don't go over the, you know, the rigmarole of just saying, you know, subscribe to the channel, hit that thumbs up. And you have to do it because when you do ask people do it and it also bumps your channel up, but also, you know, like, I don't work for Twitter, and I don't work for Facebook, and I don't work for YouTube. I work for 24-7 Hog Sports. That's, that's who I work for, you know. The reason we do this show is to get our message out there. I have people ask me all the time, like, hey, man, you should start a Patreon up. I'd love to, love to you know, show my support for the, for the show and stuff. And I'm like, just sign up to the site, man. You get the best stuff that we do behind the scenes on the site. And you can support it. You can support the show at the same time. So thanks for allowing me to uh, to pitch everything during your segment here, Keith. Yeah, 
<laughs> also, there's no there's no charge for using some of the topics that I bring up for you using it on other platforms too. Because I've, I've heard I've I've heard some of my my thoughts regurgitated by by Trey Betty. Oh yeah, I take the if you take if you take the best from everybody, if you take it from one person, then it's stealing. But if you take it from a bunch of different people, then that's that's called research. I'm a copycatter. <laughs> I was I'm I've been I've been installing a a, a defense, and we're going to get together over the weekend. It's going to mm-hmm. Be some copycat stuff. So uh, yeah. that's in football coaching. That's all it is. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to get everything going. Up. The basketball season's well underway, and it's gonna be over before we know it. And uh, I'm trying to enjoy as much of that as possible. Even if, yeah. I mean, even a loss. You know, I was pissed off last night watching the game, but yeah. especially you know the guy that killed us the most. But for Mississippi State, was, do you hate losing uh, to Mississippi State, State more than anybody? Oh no, LSU by far. You don't feel you don't feel some level of like LSU's got a you know pretty historic basketball program, a notable basketball program, I should say. And I just hate their fans. Like nothing. Yeah. Like I mean, they've got some great fans, but I I do feel like in a way you're right. Like LSU's bad fan. Everybody's got bad fans, but LSU's bad fans (laughs) kind of seem to be the worst of the litter. But I just don't. Do you feel? Let me ask you this real quick. Don't you feel? Don't do you not feel a level of superiority to Mississippi State? Yeah, in every form and fashion. So does it not sting a little bit more when you lose to them? Especially because I don't know if you could say you feel a level of superiority necessarily to LSU, and if you do, it's not anything significant. In basketball. In um, basketball, yeah, but they. You know, there's still got a notable program there. I mean, it's not, but yeah, you you would like to think that you, as Arkansas, you're superior to everybody except for Kentucky when it comes to basketball tradition and and your ceiling. That hasn't been the case the last quarter century, but I've got a feeling that it's coming back, man. I think the fans can feel it. So yeah, enjoy it while you got it, Mississippi State. (laughs) We just gotta we gotta get this football thing rolling, and this we're gonna be in high cotton again. And that's the that's the thing that I I definitely you know with kind of to transition a little bit with the Felipe Franks talk and some fans kind of bagging on him or whatever. What what we really need to do for my the way that I look at things. Anybody wants to come to this program right now, we need to wrap them up and like hug them a little bit yeah. because nobody who the hell wants to go play for a team that finished two and ten? Who wants to coach there? Everybody is like needs to be put uh, you know, like we need to appreciate the people that wanna be at Arkansas a little more. Especially like yeah. a quarterback that's got one year to do it and I think KJ's gonna push for time. He's in, we're not saying that he's gonna ride the bench the whole time. Like he could beat him out for all I know. Yeah. You know? So, so like if you're if you're an average to slightly above average player and you've proven that in the SEC, then come on down. That's what I say. At this point, you, I mean, it's just about improving the roster. Come on down. Yeah, it's just about competition within its within the own within your own team. And mm. there's gonna be I I, with the veer and shoot that Bryles runs and that type of offense, mm-hmm. it's the quarterbacks. I know he's kind of coming back and saying the quarterback's not going to run, and that's they're not going to like push him to run as much in the SEC. But if KJ's in there in a package, and yeah. there will be a package for him, then and more more of a role than there was last year. Then watch out. I mean, he's he can he can run the ball. So you can have uh, a lot of success with a with a. a really dangerous running quarterback. And I mean, a guy that's got jets like Auburn's offense has never operated better aside from when Cam Newton, which is, you know, just a rare town. It's rare to find somebody who can throw that way and run that way, obviously. But 
Nick Marshall, that's the next best Auburn has been under, you know, while Malzahn has been either offensive coordinator or head coach there. And that guy could barely throw, but still threw for 2,500 yards just because he was so dangerous. I mean, it was, they basically ran just a few plays with that guy, and it worked because everybody's scared to death of his legs. You can win that way. But I'll say this with Browse's offense, they've got to get, They've got to get the offensive line shored up because that's what we ran into at Florida State with him. Um, that offensive line on pro football focus was the second worst offensive line performance in the entire country. And that's why he had great successes at Baylor, at Houston, at FAU. But at FSU, they just couldn't get it done. And it comes down to, I mean, obviously quarter you got to have a good quarterback, but it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is unless he can really, really run um, if your offensive line isn't very good. You got Noah Gatlin coming back. You're gonna yeah, put that's a Luke big Jones addition. And Luke, Luke Jones. Jones is a big addition. He's a possibility at center. I mean, I'm not closing the door on Ty Clary. I mean, we kind of did the now. same thing last year. I mean, he's got if he can get his snaps together, man. I mean, that would make a huge difference. But it's kind of an important piece of being a center. Who do you I'm think? Guard. Who do you think is the other? Who do you think is the other? Yeah, I mean, that's possible. Who do you think is the other offensive lineman? So I, we were going over it, and it's you know, it, Myron Cunningham obviously needs to continue to add some weight. So he's a guy, um, Noah Gatlin, and then probably Dalton Wagner as the swing guy behind them. And, you know, Luke Jones has a good chance to emerge as a starter. Ricky Stromberg obviously needs to continue to add weight, but he's got another a chance. So who, who's the other guy? Is it Luke That's, Jones or is it Ty Clary? Well, Luke, Jones, you know? Luke Jones is going to come come in, and, and I think Luke Jones is going to be your starting center next year, and then Clary's going to have to move over to one of the guard spots. You think Clary will start then? Just I don't at, know. At one I of mean, the guard I, spots. Strong, Strongberg is too. Well, of course, you know, this all is saying we're not going to get a five-star freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, True. that guy's not coming in. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to wish it to. Uh, to I've told everybody but, just, uh, you know, treat it like a surprise. Don't get your hopes up on Broderick Jones. Oh, I'm fully sold on it. I, I'm, you I'm are fully buying him. But I think that. Yeah, I mean, I think you got seven or eight guys that it's not – I don't think it's going to be as bad as people thought in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past two years, it's looked or hell beyond that. I mean, just look at wherever he's gone. Pittman always has the lowest amount of sacks in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Some of the lowest sacks given up in the, in the country. I think the offense is going to help, um, which is funny. You know, I mean, I know they're, they're running the beer and shoot, but if you, if you probably asked – Browns, like what it's going to look like personnel wise, he's going to say, you know, it's a, it's a two back, uh, run, run oriented. Uh, oh, don't say that. Shot. <laughs> right? Well, we're going to be one of the most explosive offenses in the entire country. <laughs> These are Chad <laughs> Morris quotes for people who don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> two back like run oriented shot play action like offense. It, Is that what he it's said? It's going to look like it should have, except yeah. this time it's not going to have a guy that was two years removed from being a graduate assistant as the offensive coordinator, and you got somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. Though. You know, so. I, just from getting to know um, – just from getting to know – well, I'm a Craddock. You know, I really I really liked him. I, like, I could see myself being friends with Craddock, but I do feel like he was, you know, probably a job away at least, you know, from of honing his – Skills as a coordinator before you don't think he, he was you don't think he was ready to go up against Kevin Steele and Nick Saban on don't, a week to week basis. No, don't think that was don't think that was in the in the you know I, I don't want to bag on him too much because I, I like no, Joe personally, no, but, but I do think that somebody, I don't think that he was ready for the job, and I think that was probably true. Keith, let me tell you this real quick. So in my I'm 42 years old. 
And in my entire 17 years of covering Arkansas football, there have been like two coaches, assistant coaches that were younger than me. Okay. Until Chad Morris's staff. And I think it paid a lot of dividends in recruiting because those guys are high energy. You know, they're looking to prove themselves. There's a lot of benefits to that. But I do think you missed on some stuff, you know, especially with the offensive coordinator, offensive line, um, that kind of stuff in terms of experience. But they were, I mean, Dustin Fry's, I mean, not just younger than me, but Dustin Fry's a decade younger. You know, Step is a decade younger. Of course, Step, you know, proven himself dramatically on the recruiting grounds. Craddock's, you know, a decade younger than me. I mean, it's it was a young step. Mark Smith's decade younger than me. That's a lot of young coaches. And you gotta you gotta have a mix. I agree with having a mix. And Arkansas's, you know, they have a mix, you know, like a guy like Sam Carter, for example. They have a mix of you know, old coaches, older coaches and younger coaches. But they had some like guys, you know, more on the end of their career and then some really young guys. That was that was kind of the mix. And then Barry Lunny, who's in the middle. I'm not trying to bag on credit too hard, but it's who puts him in that position to begin with. Yeah. You know, you're not setting the guy up for success at all. No. So um, it's just it was just mind blowing the whole the whole time. And you're gonna do it like with the way that Pittman's done it. You don't have a staff on one side of the ball that's all you know just barely above the drinking age. You have you mix it in. You got like two guys <laughs> yeah. so the, you know, on each side of the ball so the whole thing doesn't just implode on itself. Right, and you, you got Sam. Turn around and you're like, what can we yeah. do against this defense? And they're like, I've never seen it before. I have no idea. Yeah. Or whatever. So. Yeah, and you got like uh, Sam Carter, you know, being under Barry Odom's wing, you know, who yeah. was with him at Missouri and coaching in the secondary with him, you know, so they'll kind of be in the same room together. You've got some, some things like that. But I, I do think that things that are important, obviously you want big-name offensive coordinator, big-name defensive coordinator, and you want uh, big-name offensive line, big-name defensive line. Those are the critical areas, in my opinion, that you got to start with. And Arkansas addressed that. I mean, they got – you know, a guy that's been at Florida, a guy that's been at Missouri, that's well-regarded, that Pittman really loves, and Brad Davis, and then Derek LeBlanc. Literally, the conversation was like, what do you want to go – they were sitting down with Barry Odom. You want to go over to that – you want to go after the Kentucky guy? Let's go after the Kentucky guy. That's how basically the conversation started with going after Derek LeBlanc, who's been, you know, from Louisiana, been at LSU on the strength staff, been at North Texas, Southern Miss, uh, Kentucky, and has done a really good job at Kentucky. So, well, Pete, we – Gone. This is I may, this might be our longest show ever that we've done. We don't want to give people. We got to leave people wanting more. So it's about time uh, to wrap well, it up. I'm I'm sitting outside of an eviction, so I got to go kick down some doors. So. Okay, go kick down Hopefully some doors. My, my, yeah, my death is not by airplane now. It's by pit bull. So I'm I'm definitely doing something. So okay. All right, All right dude. Later. Appreciate you, Keith. Later. All right, that's Keith Grayson. Keith, for those who don't know, Keith has been a longtime subscriber on Hogsports.com, become a friend of mine over the years, and a uh, pretty funny guy. Adds a unique fan perspective. Also the former president and founder of the Arizona Razorback Club, the disgraced former president and founder. He was removed from that position officially, which is crazy. Um, and, it, and there's a good story. Uh, we might have Keith on again to talk about it sometime. I think we've done it before. But anyway, I'm going to wrap up the show. And again, the Hog Hustle is on Tuesdays. You can catch that on 1037 The Buzz up in uh, northwest Arkansas also. Uh, I can't remember the channels exactly, but it's in northwest Arkansas on Tuesday nights. Sometimes it's at 7, sometimes it's at 8. just depends on basketball and some other things. Uh, but Pete Roulier is joining that show and taking my spot. So Pete's, in a, Pete's ready to do that. He was on uh, Sports Talk with Bo for a number of years as an intern. 
uh, has been with us the past year and is ready to take on something like that. So I think he'll do a great job, continue that show on. But I just had too much on my plate to uh, to continue that. I'm like scrambling, trying to find stuff. My to-do list keeps growing and, you know, I'm doing, spending an hour and a half doing another show. So it was time to move on. Stowe's still going to be good though. Danny West, RJ Hawk, and Pete Rullier. So, I want to remind everybody, plenty of ways to watch and listen, Facebook Live. Throw us a thumbs up now and hit the follow button if you haven't done so already. YouTube, subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video, and like this video if you haven't done so. Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review if you like the content, and uh, throw, us a, throw us a review uh, and a rating if you like the content. Say something nice about it. And available anywhere you can get. What's that? That's an old alarm for a Christmas party. Interesting. So, anyway, I want to thank everybody for joining me. Thank Danny West, who had to jump out early because of uh, Ebony Jackson's commitment to Arkansas, the running back, who is the 18th commitment in the class. But appreciate him joining us. Appreciate your questions. Appreciate appreciate Keith Grayson. And we'll be back with you guys. We might do a walk and talk after the TCU game. We'll see. We'll see how things go. So, be possibly looking forward to that. And then we'll be on again with you guys next week. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. And we'll catch you next time.